This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now we're going to talk about a report that was released uh, this week, yesterday, uh, by the International Energy Agency, sort of reviewing Canada's energy policies uh, with a lot of discussion around Alberta and fossil fuels and uh, how we're going to reach the goals that we've set and how important that it is. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big report, but uh, we'll get into some of the highlights of it with Markham Hislop. Um, Markham is an energy journalist and publisher of Energy News. Uh, he was sitting in on the release of this report yesterday and joins us now to give us a bit of analysis. Markham, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Good morning, Shay. So this report, uh, like I said, it's uh, it, it's big. It, it covers a lot of different areas. Just give us your general overview. I mean, it talks a lot about 2050, which seems to be what everybody's talking about right now, and sort of how Canada's plans will get us there or won't get us there or where the shortcomings are, right? Uh, exactly. And uh, the International Energy Agency has been uh, asking global governments for years now to uh, toughen up their energy and climate policies uh, so that we can get to net zero by 2050. And uh, the uh, review that was released yesterday was an overview of of all of Canada's uh, energy policies, uh, electricity systems, as well as fossil fuels. And the uh, and the federal government's uh, uh, energy and climate policies. Now, uh, Executive Director Fatih Barrel sat in on the press conference, and he was very positive. He uh, uh, he praised uh, Canada's uh, bold climate policies and talked about uh, especially its efforts to decarbonize oil and gas, and that will be of a great interest to to Albertans. And I think the point here that uh, he was getting at was that Canada is one of the few countries, and it may in fact of the major, uh, you know, producers, producing nations, it may be the only country at this point that has uh, policies in place designed to lead to uh, a net zero oil and gas sector by 2050. And his point was that as consumption declines after uh, 2030, uh, there will be probably, depending on the scenario, somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 million barrels a day, or maybe it might be more than that. Uh, and countries like Canada that have decarbonized their hydrocarbon sector, they're the ones who will get that market share. So that, uh, for for the uh, for the oil and gas CEOs uh, listening to your show, that'll be good news. That's the thing. I mean, we should point out, like, he was he had a lot to say about the fact that we have... Um, a position here where we can really be leaders in this energy transition. And he went to great lengths to point out that there will be demand for oil and gas for the foreseeable future. And we're uniquely positioned to meet the global demand, as you say, um, in a way that sort of still adheres to all of the goals that we've set. So he certainly wasn't coming down anti-fossil fuels, I guess. He wasn't doing that. Oh, no, no, he wasn't doing that at all. But there is there is a caveat here. Uh, because this argument often gets made uh, inside Alberta and, and by the uh, by the industry, and that is right now we consume a hundred million barrels of oil per day. Right. If that 
is reduced to 25 million or 30 million or 40 million, that's still a lot of production chasing a much smaller market. Yeah. And, you know, can, can, can Alberta be competitive uh, in that scenario? Uh, we don't know. I mean, we just literally don't know. In fact, uh, I asked an economist a couple of years ago uh, if there had, you know, what would happen if uh, the market declined from 100 million barrels a day to 90 to 80 to 70? And he said, we don't know because nobody's ever modeled it. And so uh, one of the recommendations that came uh, out of that uh, uh, report was that Canada, the Canadian government, should do a lot more of the of the kind of economic modeling that's required for pathways to decarbonization. There's some think tanks in Canada that have already put out reports about, uh, uh, you know, modeling the, the effect of these policies. The government needs to do it and needs to have that as part of their strategy. And one of the things I think they should ask is, given, uh, you know, Canada's, uh, given the oil sands, for instance, which makes up 60% of Canada's oil, uh, oil production, uh, could it be competitive at... 25 million barrels a day in that scenario and any number of those scenarios. So uh, we'll, that one is kind of uh, open-ended at yeah. this point. Uh, and with any luck, we'll get the uh, Canadian Energy Regulator. Maybe we'll do some scenario modeling in the next year or two. Um, yeah, as you say, some of that remains to be seen. But some of the talk that was happening yesterday, zero emission electricity and um, really looking to low carbon fuels like hydrogen and biofuels and things like that. Um, how exactly does that fit into what Canada has laid out for the next 30 years? Well, Canada certainly has a hydrogen strategy, as does the Alberta government. Yep. Uh, and hydrogen will play a appears to be poised to play a, a keen role in the in the switch to, uh, you know, away from fossil fuels. Uh, the uh, there are you know in terms of the electricity system. Now that's a very interesting one because one of the the, the rec- four major recommendations that the IA made is that there be more east west trade in electricity and more of these transmission interties between provinces. And especially in Western Canada, there's big opportunity for Alberta because it it has the only true market system. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In Canada for electricity, and and that's one of the reasons why it's been adding so much uh, wind and solar in the last couple of years. And it looks poised to do that going uh, going ahead. But it's a very unique uh, setup between the the four provinces. You've got uh, uh, B.C., and Manitoba kind of bookending Alberta and Saskatchewan, and they those two provinces have lots of hydro. Uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan have terrific uh, resources for wind and solar, especially uh, you know Cal- uh, Calgary and, and South. And uh, the four of them, if they were tied together with more uh, transmission uh, lines, uh, could basically form a regional market. So the, the uh, hydro dams can act as a big battery for all of that uh, mm-hmm. intermittent wind and solar. So when the sun is shining and the, the wind is blowing, uh, you put all that cheap uh, renewable electricity into the system, and then the hydro dams 
can uh, cut back and and uh, don't release as much water, don't produce as much electricity. And then when the sun uh, stops shining and the wind stops blowing, then you can release that water and and generate more electricity to uh, to balance out the system. That works great. In th- it would work great in theory. Unfortunately, the provinces don't talk to each other. It's not like, you know, uh, uh, Jason Kenney's picking up the phone and talking to John Horgan about this issue. And so the, the federal government has crea- is about to create a pan-Canadian grid council uh, that will hopefully uh, kick off uh, conversations about this uh, idea between, uh, between the provinces. But it's a uh, the economists that I've interviewed think it's a, a terrific idea. It's the best way to make use of the resources and so that we can scale up uh, for the two or three times of the electricity that we're going to need mm-hmm. uh, you know, by the time we get to 2050. And that's what they were talking about yesterday. Yes, we're gonna need, we know there's going to be a lot more electricity needed, and it has to be clean, cleanly generated electricity, right? So, I mean, you've got those two things going on at the same time, the increasing demand, but you have to be careful in how you go about meeting that demand. That was mentioned yesterday as well. Yeah, and it's no small matter. I mean, no. uh, yeah, all you have to do is, is look uh, south of the border, uh, you know, to the what's going on in the U.S. US uh, electricity system. I mean, utilities down there and then the power grid. I mean, it's being tr- it transformed. In, all, in addition to wind and solar and batteries, there's all kinds of other new transmission distribution uh, technologies. There are innovations in markets so they, uh, uh, so that utilities are becoming uh, almost like a flat business model and they're becoming a platform for uh, many, many, many uh, consumers and, and producers of electricity to trade. It's, it's, a real, it's a new world in the, in the power sector. That hasn't arrived in Alberta. It hasn't ar- got to Canada yet. No. But it will over the next two to five years. And we're going to see big changes between now and 2030 in that sector. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all, we, we, we often get, and I'm seeing it on the text line already, Mark, in terms of what's it going to cost? Well, we, it's all going to change over time, and we're, we're looking at a 30-year window here. I, I'm, I'm curious as to what the Natural Resources Minister, who was also uh, uh, part of this announcement, you know, or, or this, you know, a news conference yesterday, Jonathan Wilkinson was there uh, talking about Canada's plans. What, what did he have to say about where we are? And I know he was talking about fossil fuel production as well, and, and uh, putting the cap on emissions and how that fits into this plan. Well, there's a very important distinction here, and, and uh, we talked about emissions cap. Uh, so that's the, there are emissions reductions consultations going on right now with industry and other, other stakeholders, led by the federal government. And we'll, uh, the Environment Minister, Stephen Gilbo, uh, has been tasked with, with uh, coming up with the, the legislation and regulations needed to uh, implement uh, the emissions cap. But Guillaume also said something really important here uh, just last week. He said, we are not interested in a production cap. And that the, the uh, Alberta's oil and gas producers right. have always been worried that the way the federal government would deal with uh, emissions is to force them to lower production. And they said they're not going to do that. There'll be, uh, there'll be a, an emissions cap. They'll probably start by focusing on methane emissions. And uh, methane emissions are relatively easy and cheap to clean up. I mean, a lot of it is venting and flaring and broken valves and, you know, open vents at, at uh, gas plants, that sort of thing. I mean, more maintenance and repair and, uh, and so on can fix it. And every, you know, cubic foot of, of gas, of methane that you save is another cubic foot that you get to sell. So, you know, oil and gas companies, they like that. 
so they'll start with methane emissions probably uh, and try to get to that 75% reduction by 2030 that the federal government has promised. And then the CO2 reductions through uh, carbon capture and storage can then kick in later in the 2020s when the infrastructure gets built. It's a process, right? And I mean, that's the thing we have to keep an eye on 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? We can't get wrapped up in, yeah, but today you can't do this. That seems to be the argument that we fall into, Markham. Well, the plan, I, I right? First, I, I, first, I first started uh, studying this process back in the mid-80s when I was doing my graduate work in, uni- in university. And uh, energy transitions, these kind of changes take uh, usually around a minimum of 50 years, and then they can take as long as 60, 75 years, something like that. And we're now 20 or 30 years into this uh, right. transition. And by my guess, it started in the 1980s with the lithium-ion batteries and commercial solar panels, that sort of thing. So if we're only 30 years in, we, we probably have, uh, you know, another, uh, you know, maybe 50 years ahead of us before this transition is, is uh, fully complete. We have, and even if we, uh, our deadline is 2050 because we want to hit net zero by then, uh, it's still very doable, but it's 30 years. Right. Things are not going to happen tomorrow. And, we, and the technology, and this is a key point that I think is missed often in Alberta, is the clean energy technology has come a long way in a decade. It has a long way to go. There is so much technology uh, innovation going on globally in things like batteries and electric vehicles and transmission technology and software and so, artificial intelligence. All of that will play a role as we transition into this, you know, basically an electric economy. And, uh, yeah, if it doesn't work today, that doesn't mean it's not going to work next year or five years from now. Exactly, exactly. Markham, good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure, Shane. Appreciate it. That's Markham Hislop.